0: i Shalom and welcome to Torah to the People, a podcast from Temple Israel in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm Rabbi Micah Greenstein. We hope you enjoy this selection of our sermons, classes, and conversations with inspiring people from across the Bluff City and around the world. A wonderful, temple member and leader here tonight taught me a Yiddish word this week she had read in an article she forwarded to me the word zebroken kate means the quality of broken heartedness that gives strength and healing leave it to Yiddish to convey in one word all that, the notion that we each carry our shattered pieces with us. And what's so honest and beautiful and essential about this idea is that the broken cake is not something in need of quick fixing it's instead something to be honored and tended to. It means that we're obligated to both honor and tend to the pain all around us, but also at the same time to take up the work of healing. One person even turned the word Zbrokinkate into a prescription, and I quote, let's not be okay. Let's find power in not being okay let's honor our brokenness individually and the brokenness of our country and world by finding the collective strength to fight for change. Just what does it mean, the opposing imperatives of honoring the feeling of being shattered while gathering up whatever is left to work harder? And in this article it speaks of an account in the summer of 1940 during which the Jewish philosopher Hannah Arendt and her husband Heinrich Blucher they were forced to wait in Montauban France after fleeing a Nazi internment camp to receive Emergency U.S. exit visas. By the way, only 238 were granted between June and December in 1941. Hannah Arendt got one of them. Despite the fact that they were being pursued by actual Nazis and the threat of death, guess what they did while they were waiting? Arendt and Blucher spent their time tooling around the French countryside the glorious French countryside on bikes and reading good novels. They weren't normalizing. They weren't in denial. They were simply getting what enjoyment they could out of their lives while they did the arduous work of trying to make the world better. Arendt abandoned the idea of hope in the face of Nazi evil. She embraced and said the necessity of what she termed natality the idea of political action on earth. She located, and I quote, a principle of new beginnings, the root of action, the possibility of freedom. Pain always gets politicized. Always gets politicized. Both parties. Even when politicians themselves claim that moms demanding action for gun safety are politicizing suffering. Pain is always, always not only personal but political. It's just that societies, ever since modernity, allow policies by politics and politicians to decide what the pain that will count is and what will not. Take recent weeks in America after Buffalo, Uvalde, and Tulsa's gun carnage, followed by word that a woman's ability to control her body will depend on her address, on which state she lives in, in what is called the United States. How insane that the pain and loss of a school shooting cannot enter the political realm of both parties, but it's permissible to politicize the worst moments of a woman's private pain, her pregnancy losses, her ectopic pregnancies, and her decision to give up a fetus and future child she cannot support. These moments of excruciating sorrow are debated at the Supreme Court, but children assassinated in their classrooms, or the 65% of deaths in Tennessee by suicide, by gun suicide. Not pills. It's considered too political to raise. We are not the only developed nation in need of funding for mental illness and domestic violence prevention. But we do have 25 times the number of gun deaths relative to every other high-income developed nation. And my gun owner friends agree that we need licenses. 110 deaths by guns every day. And 99% of the total number are not from mass shootings. It's insane. But that Yiddish word zbrokinket reminds us of the World War II Air Force Bombardier Howard Zinn. He wrote in his autobiography, and this is my message to everyone who is so down. He said that to be hopeful in bad times is not foolishly romantic. It's based on the fact that human history is a history not only of cruelty, but also of compassion, sacrifice, courage, kindness. What we choose to emphasize in our own history will determine our lives. If we see only the worst, it destroys our capacity to do something. If we remember those times and places, and there are so many, where people have behaved magnificently, It can give us the energy to act and at least the possibility of sending this spinning top of a world, at least Memphis, if not the world, in a different direction. And if we do act in however small a way, he says, we don't have to wait for some grand utopian future. The future is an infinite succession of presents. T.S. and to live now as we think human beings should live in defiance of all that is bad around us is itself a marvelous victory. So when I was a younger rabbi, before there was a Chick-fil-A and Walgreens around the corner at Poplar Massey, some of you may not have known that, there really was a time before there was a Chick-fil-A. The property was Kingsway Christian Church with a small freestanding Schaefer Chapel. So I used to attend for my own soul and mad meetings, uh, gatherings, Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Not as a speaker, I went there once as a speaker, but then I started going, just to go as a listener. And as kids were getting mowed down by drunk drivers, as. People were speeding and not wearing seatbelts. The conventional thinking outside of that chapel was there's nothing we can do. People want their freedom to drive as they wish. People are gonna drink. No law's gonna stop that. And these brave moms with their broken Kate, their brokenheartedness, what they did 30 years later, the ones who reduced fatalities due to drunk driving and click it or ticket. Nobody knew what that was. Who did that? The shattered moms, dads, and families whose Zabroken Kate led to the saving of countless other lives, even if their own daughter, son, or other loved one's death was needlessly, senselessly taken and statistically preventable. We do not, the Zabroken Kate article contends. We don't require a complicated word in Yiddish or a philosophical descriptor to explain what some of you know, the wearying condition of being ripped apart, heartsick, furious. We don't need to be stabilized to the point of near sanity before launching back into the struggle post-COVID to save lives, shattered but still awake, still committed. This is just what life is now. We take care of one another and ourselves to go on to do the work. As the article also says elsewhere, we can still bike, read, plant our gardens, organize, vote, donate, march, be kind. We can call it pain or politics or self-care or maybe it's a broken Kate. But the fact remains, that the future depends on finding the strength to marry the brokenness of the world with our role as God's partner to help Tikkun fix the world where we are by reducing violence with more than thoughts and prayers. Peace, love, healing, and action begin with us. We are believers in a God of life and maker of creation, all creation, and every act of violence... From what Putin is doing to Ukraine to 110 daily gun deaths in America, every act of violence destroys a part of God's creation. I wanna close with the blessing I offered upon Abby and Kenny earlier because it relates to what this all leads up to on this Shabbat Naso containing that May the Lord bless and keep you prayer. Each line, there are three lines. It's three, five, seven. The first blessing, may God bless you and keep you, is said to be for material well-being. In a nation where there are 140 million poor and low-income people, material survival is a big deal. It may not be for you and me to survive, but it's a blessing to survive. That's just the beginning. Line two, with five words instead of three, is even greater. May the light of God's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. You know what that line's supposed to refer to? Not material blessing, spiritual blessing. The wisdom which comes from focusing on what really matters, a life with others, a life of mitzvah, so that we can uplift our lives with sacred meaning. And what remains compelling about Judaism is that it helps us practice Kate by responding to everything broken with goodness and the wisdom of a Jewish tradition that emphasizes life and blessing over the inevitable pain and sorrow we all face in different measure. But I'm going to close with the third and final line. And that's what the whole process leads to, the high point. With the blessing of a life at one with everything. May God's face be lifted toward you and give you shalom. It means more than hello or goodbye, like shalom, y'all. Yes, it includes peace. When sweet peace is breathed into us, though, what does it mean? It means bring more wholeness, less brokenness. It's upon shalom that everything else in that blessing rests. The blessing that three more wedding couples will receive this weekend in temple ceremonies. Because as Jewish tradition declares, whether inside our homes or out in the world, the end of all blessings is the sweetest peace of all. Shalom, amen.